0: Hello and welcome to the Inside Ellen Road podcast from the Yorkshire Evening Post. I'm Chief Football Writer Graham Smith and with me is Joe Urquhart, one of our Leeds United writers at the YUP. We've just come back from Ellen Road where Leeds United kicked off their home games for the 2019-20 season with a 1-1 draw against Nottingham Forest. Joe, sum this afternoon up in one word. Annoying. Frustrating actually. Frustrating's a better word. Okay, I thought you'd gone for two, but you <laughs> rescued the situation. Um, I think, looking from the outside in, uh, there was a, a familiar feel to this afternoon, I think, for a lot of Leeds fans. Leeds were so dominant, uh, first half particularly, there was like a white blanket fell over the first half of the pitch. Kiko Kasia did not get to take any risks, because the ball was not near him. Uh, it wasn't... He just wasn't in the game, Keiko. They stopped him from playing for us. <laughs> Clever tactics. Stopped him, stopped from, him playing. from playing by not attacking. Um, they did all the defending. Leeds did all the crossing. Lots of balls whipped into the box. Dallas and Douglas down both flanks. Harrison particularly as well. Um, but Leeds just couldn't put the ball in the net. And then second half, Leeds come... It's a similar story. And then... Uh, Click, plays the ball through. A lovely little deft touch actually for, for Pablo Hernandez to run on and he finishes brilliantly. And at this point, you think Leeds are going to go on and win this game handsomely. Uh, they create another chance straight away. Patrick Bamford can't quite take it. And then uh, we'll go into the game in depth, but just to sum up kind of what happened. Forrest made a change, brought on Sammy Amiobi. He drags them off the pitch. They win two corners, the second of which creates uh, a 1980s-worthy scramble in the goal mouth. <laughs> and um, Lewis Graben is the man to pop up with the final touch and after that Leeds couldn't really break them down again they had another couple of little chances Cooper with a header from a corner it finished 1-1 and as someone who didn't watch Leeds last season it felt like a familiar refrain so I can't imagine really what it must have felt like to Leeds United fans um, Joe, what were your feelings after that one? Um, yeah, probably I
1: think you summed it up Probably quite well there. Uh, cut and paste from last year, really. Last couple of months of last season, really frustrating. Um, to have all that ball, I, I imagine for for Bielsa again. What was it over sixty five percent or something like that in the end and. Countless chances, countless crosses. Bamford missing two or three, hitting the bar. Hernandez steps up, and you go one one up at Elland Road, and you think happy days. This is we're going to see this out now. Um, three points, but. Yeah, frustrating set pieces. I mean, we talked about it a little bit um over the summer, but set pieces. I don't know if that's going to become an issue, but it was. It seemed to become an issue last year in terms of height. Obviously, when you, when you took Pontus Jansson out of that sort of defensive unit, I guess going to attack the from corners, especially um you do lose a lot of that. And in, I'm obviously very well aware it wasn't a header, but you know when you're going to attack that first ball, it's just frustrating to to I guess see the same pattern um, from last year again given that Bielsa has had a summer to work on it and obviously I'm sure he'll be equally as frustrated he was obviously very not, not maybe not annoyed but maybe a little bit spiky I thought actually in his post-match um, to, compared to usual just probably of the, of the frustration spilling over but just overall a f- frustrating annoying afternoon I guess but a one especially when they took the took
0: the lead. I mean, you say countless crosses, but actually someone did okay. count the crosses, and there were 34 of those. Um, I'm glad someone was counting them. Bielsa said after the game that there wasn't, um, they couldn't get a clear connection between the crosser and the, the striker or whoever. Yeah. He pointed out that they often had four players in the box waiting for the ball, but the ball didn't arrive to them. And final ball and the quality, sometimes today was a little bit lacking. Other times, a good ball was clipped in, I thought, and there wasn't anyone there to attack or Forrest simply reacted first in the box they cleared their lines really quite well so whether it's a problem for the crosser or a problem for that person waiting for the cross, I think maybe today both were at fault at times.
1: Yeah I think the one thing that sticks out looking back on the game, Bamford was always like two inches away from the ball every time it came in (laughs) I suppose that sort of sums him up um, for the afternoon I guess Um, almost but not quite Um, his lob over and Hitting the bar, but I I for some reason that one that Hernandez sort of struck past their left back, um, who sort of he sort of glided past, uh, past him like he did with O'Dowda last week, and he dinked it to the back post and it was about two three inches above Bamford, but then Douglas had another one as well. It was it just felt like every time Leeds were going forward, Bamford was just in the wrong place and only just, but it's just frustrating to watch when you can see it developing in front of your eyes and you think right here we go again. <laughs>
0: Interesting that um also said you know that, that finishing off those moves has been something they've been working on for fifteen months um but there's a difference between working on it in training and then in a game situation where you can't control and essentially what he's saying is you have a live opponent who's doing their absolute utmost and putting their body in the way and, and defending with their lives to try and stop you, whereas in training it's not you know that's not exactly the case um but I think the difference simply today was was not being as clinical as they were last week. Last week they took three chances really well. Um today they created similar chances. You know Bamford with those clever runs kind of off the shoulder for the the ball over the top when they couldn't work it down the flanks. Um they kind of had a three-pronged attack today. It was either down the left down the right or the ball over the top. They didn't really play through the middle much except of course for the goal. That was the one time when they really had link-up play and, and and cut Forest open. Um something I noticed before Forrest equalised, quite a bit before they equalised, was um, Mateusz Click looking very leggy. Mm. Um, uh, he 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 almost had this kind of resigned, oh, I've got to run back again moment when Forrest went up the other end and, and he looked to me like he was struggling, that he was leggy. But he stayed on the pitch for another 13 minutes and it was at that stage actually that Forrest made a change in the middle. Um, and Amiobi comes on and he's big and strong and Leeds couldn't really get to grips with him when he was running with the ball through the middle and you just wonder if the time to make a sub, you know, or to take click off because click eventually came off for Costa on eighty minutes, um, and by which stage I think he maybe stopped being as effective as he was earlier in the game, and subs are something that I I know that people brought up last season um, he used all three last week, which. Is apparently rare for him. Um, he was bringing Shackleton on today and then changed it for Costa. And Costa only got ten minutes, but it just seemed to me like Click was labouring a little bit, and he played a lot of football last year.
1: Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, I didn't. I I was probably I I think probably slightly different opinion to you when compared to your player ratings. Let's <laughs> <That's> not <laughs> talk about your player ratings. Um, but I didn't think he was that effective. Is probably. The right term. Um, I thought Forshaw was much more effective in the, in that role today than than Click it was. Obviously, not quite the same role, but I thought Forshaw had more of an impact on the game than Click. And like you say, he looked quite leggy in the second half, and maybe he could have brought Shackleton on a bit earlier. But obviously, he was going to bring him on, and then Forrest scored, and that changes the plan. So, like you say, he's heading into this season. He was actually asked last week about this. You know, playing sixty odd games last year. Um. For club and country, and whether he whether he felt tired, and he did. He did admit, like he said, he was still feeling like a little bit leggy and stuff. So, it wanted to watch, I guess, because he was vital in these months. This time last year, like the first two months of the season, he had five or six goals, I think. So, and countless assists as well. So it was just one to watch, I guess, and just frustrating to to see from the outside, I, I guess, knowing that. When you've got someone like Shackleton on the bench who played so well in the playoffs against Derby, all right, maybe he's carrying still a little bit of an injury, which is why he's missed out on
0: pre-season. But
1: I would think overall just for a frustrating afternoon.
0: And, of course, you look at the bench, and there's Costa, obviously, who's a, who mm. they, they hope will be a, a match winner, a game-changer. Um, Shackleton, people have very high hopes for him. You look at the rest of the bench, do you see a player who's going to come on and score a goal? No, and
1: I guess that's why they brought... Nikit how do you say this Eddie I'm going to let you tell you Nketiah. Nketiah.
0: That's, how I'm, okay. that's, how, that's how I'm going sentence. to say it okay that's how I'm going to say it then <laughs> we can die on that hill until, together until he corrects <laughs> us or has, has his representatives
1: but I guess that's why they've brought him in and obviously Bielsa took the decision because he's not trained with them um, or he said not trained that long with them um, maybe he had a session yesterday I'm not sure but I guess that's why they've brought him in, because he offers something different to Bamford. He's a pacey he direct, um, and maybe Bamford's a bit more laboured in terms of his running style, and maybe that comes across sometimes as people translating that as laziness, I certainly did last year. But I think he's done well the last couple of games, it's just not fallen for him. So I guess having Nketiah on the bench will certainly have value in being able to change sort of, not the system, because we know that Bielsa doesn't like to change the system, but sort of maybe elements to the attack and linking up like Roof did and maybe that pace and directness because that's what we've been told to expect from him and obviously he's very raw maybe that naivety of youth will help him in the Championship especially and maybe not realising just how good he is Um, so we'll see I guess he'll be the option off the bench in future just unfortunate that today came at a time where he's not quite ready
0: It'd be interesting to see how long it takes for Bielsa to trust him enough to throw mm. him in or to start him because obviously Costa the marquee signing of the summer He's having to kick his heels on the bench for the vast majority of the first two games, and he's had a summer with Leeds United. Um, and Katie has just come in on the the last day of the transfer window. Season's already begun. Um, will be also want to see a lot of him in training, or or is he gonna, you know, trust the little glimpse he's had and and what he knows about him from his time at Arsenal.
1: I'd be tempted to give him a go on Tuesday. I think give Bamford a bit of a rest. Um... Not, not that he needs a rest because it's you know, two games in, but maybe have a look at him against opposition that aren't of the same quality in the Championship. Um, as we all know, that'll be uh, a, a, probably the same intensity because it'll be a, a fairly strong game on and off the pitch, given the elements of that. But I'd be tempted to give him a go then. Obviously, we all know that if you're going by Bielsa's book, it probably be like mid-October <laughs> till, till we see him. But I think, I think give him a go on Tuesday and see how he goes and then... Go from there. Really, Costa will probably start. You know, so why not? Yeah, it is an opportunity to look at one or two, isn't mm. it? And and to and give some twenty threes or out I guess,
0: as well. You know, some youngsters like Davis. Can, and well, a player like Davis, um, and this is absolutely no disrespect meant to a League Two side whatsoever, because there are League Two sides with, with pace to burn, but Davis is so quick that you really think that he is going to cause problems for uh, a lower league team. Um and now Salford I suppose aren't your typical lower league team because they're very well financed and they've recruited very well two summers in a row and spent an awful lot of money for the level they're at Um, you would imagine though that even some of the Leeds 23 players would cause big problems
1: yeah they should do people like Shackleton and um, Clark um pace it and like I say Nketiah like we're told he's supposed to have pace as well so you think that having them running at you like you say if you think of the maybe slightly unfair but a, a standard league two centre backs not going to fancy that are they so maybe a chance to give them a go but just again today I thought the that swapping out Bamford you know on another day if you had a roof there would they have had maybe someone else who would found the back of the net obviously I know he's injured but it's just frustrating to watch when you can't swap some like sort of quality. I thought it feels like I'm I'm going in on Bamford a bit and I'm not because I thought he his all round play was actually quite good. I thought his all round player was generally quite well. He linked up really well for the goal, you know, playing that to to Cleek and then to Hernandez. But I just thought again, as a striker, you're always judged on when you find the back of the net, and that's the thing that fans will go away and focus on. It that lob was frustrating. The hitting the bar. He didn't, you know, it seems to take an age to fall and he sort of mishit it and it's just
0: annoying, isn't it? I guess <laughs> it is, but it's it's just like these fine, fine margins in, in <clears> perception, <throat> perception. That if that, if the lob, you know, if he gets that right and it goes in, or, or even more so, the crossbar, the volley that hits the crossbar, if that drops a little bit quicker and he makes a sweeter connection and it goes straight in, two goals in two games, you know, he's flying, oh, absolutely. he's absolutely flying, and everyone is singing his name. Um he doesn't score today and, and, and people are instantly transported back in time to thinking about missed chances and, and last season and frustration. Um there's definitely a, a a problem here, a riddle for Bielsa to solve in that if they are having so much of the play and they are dominating possession, sixty eight percent I think it was today, and they are whipping thirty four crosses into the box, if it's not going in, do you just continue to do the same thing and expect different results? Or has he got a plan B um, from what you saw last season? What, what did he tend to do when things were going this way?
1: Well, his plan B is plan A better, isn't it? So the idea being that he'll stick to his philosophy and the way he sets out, but he just swaps out the parts. So like, for example, like he did with Costa, he might shift Hernandez into middle and put Costa out wide and take Cleek off. But I just wonder, is it a surprise given the the front six is the same front six that was here last year and it was again Hernandez who dragged them and scored cost has been brought in to provide that little bit of quality bamford you rely on him to to find the back back of the net a bit more and i know obviously people will get on his back for missing those chances but you do just wonder the same problems with the same players so there is an element of risk there i know the club have gone big on continuity like I say, we might be sat here in a month's time going, but oh, look at how many goals they've scored. But it is just frustrating to see the same players with the same problems. It, it almost doesn't look like they've learned their lessons and it's all very well to be able to say, well, they're scoring loads in training, but no one cares about training, do they, when it gets to the match day? so.
0: I'll tell you what was good today. Um, Calvin Phillips, the job he did on Thiago Silva, um, took him out of the game completely, just clamped to him. Um uh, clattered him at one stage uh, and that people have suggested who've, who've watched it more times than I have that could have been a red card and not a yellow but he got away with it and he was on a yellow and instantly and you think oh defensive centre midfielder on a yellow on 27 minutes he's on a he's on a tightrope here but he just played it so clever and he continued to shackle uh, Silva but did so in a way that didn't leave him in any risk of a second yellow card. And eventually Silva gets dragged on 55, 57 minutes, whatever it was. Um, job done as, to, as as far as Phillips is concerned on Silva. And Bielsa pointed out afterwards, you know, how mature he was in, in not risking that second yellow. Well, I thought as well with the ball at his feet today, I thought Phillips was excellent. He played two
1: or three passes over the top, didn't he? In the first half, especially. Um, that just completely opened up Forrest and I, it's not maybe underrated, an underrated aspect of his game from watching him every week, like Leeds fans, but I think a lot of fans across the country would probably miss that out because everyone will just see the defensive work that he does, but those those balls really opened up for us in the first half, and like you say, if you had maybe someone a bit more clinical, it would have been one or two by the break, but he was, I guess it's just the maturity that we've seen from him. He's 23, he didn't really have the position until this time last year he suddenly found it and he's flown with it he's really got he's really thrown himself into it and now like you say he gets booked early on and he has the maturity now to to remain on the pitch an absolute asset to the to the starting 11 but not risk you know I'm, to be honest, that, that yellow card would have been a sending off in italy cuz like we saw in pre-season he got a stupid red card there but it's just, is the measure of the, the man, I suppose, isn't it? 23 years old, he's got that game awareness to,
0: to go and do that. He, he being at Leeds after the transfer deadline is perhaps the best business they've managed to do. Um, turning down those bids, obviously, from Villa and Sheffield United were apparently keen. Um, keeping him is absolutely vital because you take him out and you wonder who else could drop in and, and do that role.
1: I don't think there's anyone else you can go and get at Championship that will want to come to Championship level because you're talking, what, 20, 25 million? You're going to have to spend on someone of his quality, if not more, to to get them away from wherever they're at at Championship level that will allow Bielsa's front six to play the way he does when, you know, commit as many men forward and it's just, he's an absolute asset to this team. If he gets injured, there's no way they will to play the same way. They don't think they have anyone else in that squad that have the same quality in that position. Forshaw can drop in there, he can, he can take on that role, but he, he won't play to the same quality and that's not a knock on Forshaw. It's because Phillips has has made that, a complete, that position completely his own. So I don't think if you sold him this summer, there's no way they would have been able to replace
0: him with anyone. I don't think of the same quality that allows that freedom. It was a nice moment. Um, it was actually, it came during the press conference previewing the game. We were sat in the press conference when... A message arrived from his agent, Kevin Sharp, to say that uh, he not only was Philip staying, but they'd be sitting down immediately um, with Victor Orda and the owner to start discussions on a new deal. Um, that I think came at a really good time. You know, it came on transfer deadline day, a day when you're kind of hoping for new signings and something shiny and new, but being told that you know your linchpin is staying must have been a lovely moment. For uh, Leeds United fans And then of course The afternoon got even better With uh, the arrival of Eddie um, Nketiah as, as I'm saying it <laughs> um, But did they do enough? Now obviously the line we've had from the club From Angus Kinnear The message that was that was drilled home on Thursday Was that they feel it's been a good window That it was a three-pronged strategy They wanted to keep players Who were central to their promotion hopes They wanted to add quality And they think they did that with Helder Costa uh, Ben White and Eddie and um, and they also wanted to stay in line with profit and sustainability rules. Um, so they, the club, are saying it was a good window and they feel like they've done enough. Um, perhaps you know, making a lot of noise about the limitations that have stopped them from doing more. That line hasn't been swallowed entirely by the whole fan base, I would say. No, you can't ever go on on social media for a complete barometer of what the fans are thinking, but it's what some fans are saying and thinking, that they feel it wasn't a good window. What say you? (laughs) What say you? Um, Well, I suppose if you're looking at the quality that
1: they've brought in, um, you'd maybe say it's been a good window because Ben White looks to be... I mean, it's difficult to judge on two games, but Ben White looks to be a good sign-in. Helder Costa on the face of it coming from Wolves with that experience of getting promoted to the Premier League and the quality that he'll bring, a good sign in. Bringing back Jack Harrison, I think, is a, a quite a shrewd move, actually. And um, The continuity that they've been banging the drum on. Jack Clark, whether he ha- he's going to have um, a big impact this year is yet to be seen. I'm sure there'll be times where he will be needed. But my main worry, I guess, is still the centre of defence, and it was this time last year as well. But as we discussed on the last podcast, when you employ someone like BLC you accept that that is his way and we obviously know that he was offered other defensive options and he he just decided that the Berardi, Cooper and, and White is the way that he's wanting to go but I just worry that if they get an injury there and a the long-term one like they did with Berardi last year are there 23s strong enough to step up I guess Bielsa must think so so I, that's just the unknown for me I think the big, the biggest unknown is is the the centre of defence if they get a couple of injuries there and you have an element of enketia is an, an unknown quantity as well at the championship level he looks good Um, he looks like a shrewd signing obviously 25 clubs are so in for him this summer Leeds obviously nicked him from the clutches of Bristol City and He's very, very sought after. So you have to say that on that value, there must be something there. But again, you're relying on a 20-year-old kid to step up in the championship and start banging in goals immediately. Is that a fair pressure on him? He says he fancies it, so let him go have a go. But you've lost K-Maru, who scored 30, nearly 30 goals in two seasons with a lot of injuries. So my overall overriding feeling is it's positive, but maybe maybe not
0: get behind that too much in because it's I think the next few months will answer the question, I guess. Yeah, still lots of questions um hovering over the team. Obviously goalkeeping's another one in that, you know, they're they're putting all their eggs in the Kiko basket, um the Kiko <laughs> basket case. Um and and of course if, if Kiko were to be suspended or injured, you've now got Elan Meslier, um nineteen year old coming in. He has been a number one in men's football last year in um, the second tier in France and very highly rated Monaco wanted him for 10 million euros we're told Chelsea have tracked him Leeds got him on loan with an uh, option to chat uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, as FC Lorient said in there sorry
1: can you say that um, again
0: no I won't say that again no um, <laughs> I'm not sure what you quite said I, I got marked down in school uh, in French because I refused to speak with a French accent because my argument wasn't do you I'm, Joey Barton because <laughs> I'm, nor- I'm Northern Irish speaking French Um. But yeah, that was uh, that was that came out of the official press statement from his parent club that there's an option to buy, which makes this move make a little bit more sense because because before then you're thinking why are they loaning, a nineteen year old to come and sit on the bench, for a season but but as it turns out they might see him as a bit more than just a player for this season they probably see him as potentially one to, maybe even go in and replace Kiko in a season or two's time. Yeah, I know
1: everyone thinks that Kiko's an absolute mad head, and I'd agree with that, but the experience he has with Real Madrid winning the Champions League, that could only benefit someone of, of his age, can't it, of passing that down, being in and around him in training. He's spent, what, years and years training with Real Madrid, day in, day out, with the likes of Ronaldo. and you know, So he's got so much experience there that he can lean on and help him develop, hopefully, that it looks like if they, they probably will take the option, I imagine. So then, you know, he is it a long-term understudy? And maybe that's why they've gone for him. So it looks a good move. But like you say, the only worry is that if Casilla on one of his mad runs breaks his leg or something like that, you know, you're suddenly stuck with a 19-year-old. But like you say, he's spent a year in France, second division as a number one. So he's got a little bit there.
0: Yeah. Um, it just feels like we can analyse to our heart's content, but... There's so many unknowns with this team still. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Questions to be answered. But looking beyond this season, you almost think it's pointless to think beyond next May because with the players that have got to go back, you know, however many loans there are, you're looking at a, you're looking really at a rebuild next summer. Well, I think
1: if they weren't to get promoted this year, I think that's that's what you're going to look at in a rebuild because I don't think Bielsa stays for another year. And you're gonna lose four or five of his, maybe first eighteen, you'd say. So, you're basically pressing the big reset button on you again. And I guess that's why this year maybe all in eggs in one basket of getting these loanies in on. However much they're paying two, four million or whatever they are, um, overall with wages and stuff, um, maybe that's why they've decided to go down this route, rather than bringing in permanent signings because. If they bring another manager in next year, they'll probably want to put their own imprint on this squad, and they're going to need some FFP leeway in that. <laughs> Not lot. There's lots of Leeds fans. I'm sure we'll look at that and go, "What are you on about, but yeah." You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. FFP is uh, it's a bewildering beast for all of us. Really, um, tried to bring a little bit of clarity to it this week with uh, with Karen McGuire, who's a lecturer in football finance and very, very good at talking about this stuff in ways in which you can understand. Um, but the picture is always so muddy because we don't see the club's current accounts, we don't know the yeah. club's current financial situation, and it's all based upon the previous two seasons and this season and what you're projected to bring in and, and spend. Um, it's for a very good reason that these these rules have been brought in to stop people f- from buying success, but there do appear to be ways in which you can circumnavigate the rules. Uh, like the getting rules. your sponsor to buy Wayne Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who's um, also sponsored Leeds, anyway. Yeah. That's not going to not. yeah, we'll not we'll not maybe not stray into that <laughs> uh, just at the minute maybe save that for one further down the line when it becomes a when it becomes a reality for the championship. I've had people um, on to me actually to
1: start a, a new Twitter spat with Wayne Rooney. Uh, now my Ashley Cole
0: Twitter spat is behind me. A fresh feud for a new a new feud so for a new I'll, season. I'll get working on that for January. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you can manage to engage Wayne Rooney in a Twitter spat, uh, I think I'll almost be impressed i have just asked him if he needs picking up from training Professionally I'll be outraged (laughs) But personally quite (laughs) impressed Uh, Thanks very much for uh, Listening to the Inside Ellen Road Podcast Um, It's been an interesting First couple of weeks to the season A win and a draw Uh, Lots of questions still to be answered By Marcelo Bielsa and his leads Next up is Salford In the Carabao Cup Have you ever tried Carabao?
1: No but it because look, it looks like if you drink it, it might do
0: something weird to you. It your looks like you could use it. Functions. You could use it to corrode. <laughs> I'm sure, metal. Sean Harvey has. <laughs> That's up next for Leeds. The the deliciously tasting Carabao we cup. Um, and uh, and we'll see how far or how seriously Leeds take that competition. I think you should drop your bombshell. Uh, yes, you'll not hear from me for <laughs> for two weeks. Uh, pre-booked holiday. Nothing I could do about it. Um thanks very much for listening. <laughs>